No, no, no. Don't feel bad. It's fine. I mean, I was kind of pissed at you halfway through that movie last night. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but, it, well, we made it through. Bad on you to, to you know, wait until the la- literal last possible moment, I guess. Literally, like, any other time I would have watched that movie, I would have had a very similar struggle. Like, I started it, okay. couldn't. I had to stop again. And then I was just like... I needed a couple episodes of Ted Lasso in the middle of it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. And then I picked it up uh, and watched it at the end or right before I went to bed. I just was like, I I have to get through this movie. Um, Wow. And I haven't felt like that about a movie in a while. And God. Yeah. I, I had the same reaction when I was in the cinema because that was like one of the few times that not knowing really nothing about a movie going into it really bit me because i hate body horror so much yeah same and i was just like and also like body horror that's like well done fine or like not well done but like i don't know it's just so strange as well and it's just i didn't enjoy anything of it (laughs) except i mean the second half has some things that are like somewhat interesting but dear God, that movie! Um, I think I think I think it is a good movie. Honestly, I think it's good, but I would I just never want to watch it again ever. And I couldn't. I would never recommend it to anyone. <laughs> I don't even think it's that good of a movie. Like I was reading some like um, critic reviews of it when I finished the movie, just because I yeah. need to wrap my head around why did this movie win the Palme d'Or in Cannes, and like why is it like well regarded by critics? And I'm just like all the critic reviews that I've read are just like critics spitting their like tires and just hyping up a movie like it's basically some big circle jerk and then just like this movie yeah. is like I, I don't know like i felt the pacing was weird the first half of the movie for me was obviously for me unwatchable like it's so bad um <laughs> uh, and then like at least the second half does have some like um nice nuance to it the relationship with vincent is cool um like I think is like I would almost call the relationship sweet, but I don't yeah. think it could like this movie could not garner even an ounce of sympathy or no. from me. So. It's very <laughs> fucked up. I think and what the you know that's kind of why it won a lot of things. It's just like it's so fucked up that it's almost like it transcends things somehow. Oh God, get over yourselves, man! Like God, it's just like I think we will have very different rankings <laughs> today. I th- I think they just like, honestly, people just need to, uh, God, no, this movie is so bad. And I mean, if, if you listener don't know what you're talking, don't know what we're talking about, we are talking about, um, one of the movies that will feature into our hookies. Welcome to the hookies, everyone. Hookies 2022. <laughs> this is our episode. We're going to announce the winners of our nominations. If you haven't seen our nominations, um, press pause right now and go to seriallyhook.com. You can check out all of our nominations for the best in film or our favorite in film. And I, for God, I don't like, I don't know why this movie is on this list at all, but here we are. Um, and <laughs> we're going to be discussing our winners for today. Now I'm worried that you'll quit the show. Uh, no, no, no. It's not after, after, no, after seeing my rankings. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) 
so so the way it's gonna work um we've ranked uh, all the nominees from best to worst in our opinions and we're gonna go through them in i think from like from worst from our lowest to our highest right yes okay so we're gonna go through it like that and um if there's a tie at the top or if there's sorry if there's not agreement at the top the winner will be decided by the sum total of the two rankings so say you rank something second and i rank something first then it does three points say and you rank something first and i rank something fifth then it's six points the three-pointer would win if that makes sense yeah that's how we're gonna determine most of those categories i would assume i it, it, yeah i would assume as well uh, <laughs> I, I don't think we'll have any agreement here today which i'm very excited oh, for. i think we might have uh... okay maybe we'll see I think whenever we do these kinds of things, I mean, and this is the thing, the first time we do something like this. Actually, no, we've done a lot of top fours. What am I saying? Every time we do something like this, it tends to be that we have more agreement than I expect that we do. So, yeah, especially with this one, because we have a set pool of things. It's not like top four. I mean, I guess, I guess in, you know, if we do top four berries, there is a limited amount of berries available or whatever, but. <laughs> But the ber- there's but the berries are so good, honestly. Okay, top yeah. four berries. Go quickly. I think we did. Uh, we already did, we did do that these one. Oh. Yeah, in our top four palooza, which I you say? can always also listen to. Uh, yes, please listen to all of our uh, podcasts. We yes. they, they get weirder and more exciting by the week, I guess. Or I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Should we just get into it, or yeah, let's, wanna, let's get like, into it? Starting yeah, so with just, uh, sorry before we before we go, okay. I'm gonna. But we um, just to summarize for people, we have our the awards that we were giving out today are our favorite actor, favorite supporting actor, favorite score, favorite screenplay, favorite cinematography, favorite director, and last but not least, favorite picture. And we chose favorite on purpose. And I don't know, Chris, do you want to explain why we wrote favorite and not best? specifically because of titan (laughs) in my opinion because uh i could have i could i would have never i i think because in in terms of you know the criticisms and or rather the accolades there could have been a a contention made like a point made that titan could have been nominated by me as as best picture but I couldn't. I couldn't do it because I hated watching it, even though I think it is a good movie. Um, so I went with favorite just to circumvent that problem. I, I and still I think don't also know how just that to... fixes the issue of Titan, honestly. Ah, <laughs> uh, well. But it also, I think it it is just. I don't know. If we say best, that makes it sound like it's some objective process. But it is everything is subjective. Mm-hmm. So I think favorite is just a more honest approach. Sounds good to me. Uh, I'm and I didn't care, so <laughs> <laughs> exactly that helped. Um, okay, should we just time? Like, what the hell? I mean, okay, that's fine. Whew, here we are. Um, yeah. Let's just get to it with uh, favorite actor. Okay, should I start or should you start? start at number six? Go ahead. It's a number seven. We have seven it... people. We have seven. I thought we had six. No, we have seven. Oh crap! Oops. Wait, hold on. Do, 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 do. As I go to our website to look at our nominees. Oh my god! Um, I don't think I messed up that badly. I thought Maybe I had. Maybe you all. forgot to watch a movie. Favorite actor: one, two, three, four, five, six. I have six on this website. Um, and then you also messed up there. Uh, 
Hold on. Uh, what, you sent me this on an email at some point? I sent... No, wait. You oh, must have sent I, an email. Maybe. I, I messed up. Oops. <laughs> uh. Hold on a second. I'm just checking our emails. This is great. Listener content. Everyone lo loves this. Hookies nominees. Two, three, there four, were eight. Five, six, oh, seven. oh, oh, damn it. What no, did I do? There's six. Yeah. There is six. Yeah. Who did I inc Oh yeah, but we did a we did a I think a follow-up episode that we cut just into the uh follow-up recording when uh, I realized that Supernova isn't isn't from 2021. Uh and then it. I included one more person, I think. Oh, did you? I think so, Oops. yeah. Who did you include? Uh, Amelia Jones from Coda. Oh, I don't remember this. Um, maybe that's also... Maybe, maybe that didn't happen. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, let's just go with it because she doesn't rank that highly for me. Okay. And okay. She, then she's not on my list. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will, just, I will just go with seven and six then. Okay. Uh, num number seven is Alana Haim from Licorice Pizza. Mm-hmm. Uh, number six, Emilia Jones, Coda. Cool. Um, my my number six is the girl from Titan, Agathe Rossell. I'm just like, no, I can't. Sure. Um, I thought that might happen. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, just your seven was on Al Alana Haim. I'm gonna yes. put her a six just be on my spreadsheet. Sure, sure. Yeah. works for me. Yeah. All right, my number five is Will Smith, King Richard. Um, my number five is Hitoshi Nishijima. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I think four. for me, there's a huge, there's a huge drop off. The top five, I think, are actually good, and then the <laughs> <laughs> I actually had trouble a little bit between the top five, but then yeah, yeah. <laughs> just just one of them was yeah. was very clear in your head. Yeah, what you're saying. Um, well, one of them was clear at the bottom for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I meant. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, number, we're at number four now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, number four is Agathe Roussel from Titan. Cool. Um, my number four is Olivia Coleman, The Lost mm -hmm. Daughter. All right. My number three is Nicolas Cage, Pig. Cool. Um, my number three is Alana Haim, Licorice Pizza. I actually mm. find I'm surprised she was that low for you. I really liked her performance. I thought it was really nice and subtly done. I think her like I think she really did a good job in capturing her character and her like frustrations through her. I don't have that many notes on her specific performance on my like Licorice Pizza notes file. But um, I really should have done more. I just found her very captivating, especially um, in comparison to what I think is actually, honestly, quite a weak favorite actor class in total. I, I was like, I was underwhelmed by some of the the acting and the movies that we picked this year. Um, yeah. I don't know why that is. And I think maybe it becomes to a lot of the times or some of the times um favorite actors or the best uh, good performances can come in less than ideal movies right so things yes. like king richard or the lost daughter or lost daughter is a good film but like these films that like 
maybe aren't up to par with some of the other stuff, but and there's things that we didn't watch. And I think that it goes to a little bigger question, comment that I'll have sort of at the end of our discussion where I think there's things that we should have done differently. But um, I think that, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that Alanaheem was a little bit low on your ranking because I, I particularly liked her performance. I think she was kind of like a really standout performance from that oh, yeah, movie. Standout in, in is definitely movie. the word that I would use for, for her here. Um, I think it's just because it's been a while since I watched it and I was also very disappointed by that movie. I think it was just very hyped up and I went into it with high expectations and the only thing that stood up to it was her performance. Uh, I see. So I maybe see. that's what kind of, you know... I think and with I that did, movie, I did, I did watch Titan the day after, and maybe that's just what re- erased everything from my mind because I was just so shocked <laughs> by it. Um, yeah. But yeah, she, well, I think she, that movie has the best job with it. It just has the best title, I think, of all these movies. Yes, <laughs> and it, that's the only thing I had. I didn't know. All I knew was Paul Thomas Anderson, and and the title's great, and yeah, so it, it did disappoint to a certain though. extent. Yeah, it did disappoint for sure, but. Yeah. Um, I, I think it was still good enough. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't find myself that disappointed, and I think she was great. So, yeah, I just think it could have been like twenty minutes shorter. At some point, it became like kind of annoying. I thought. No, well, can't. Anyway, all where are we? <laughs> we are at number uh, two now. Number two, yes. Okay, Olivia Coleman, the lost daughter. Cool. Um, my number two is Will Smith, King Richard. Okay, my uh, number one is Hidetoshi Nishijima, Drive My Car. Yeah. Cool. My number one is Nicolas Cage. Pig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we do have disagreements. Yeah, I don't. I, 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 I get it with Hidetoshi Nishijima. Like, um, I think. Sorry, I think he's a good actor, and I think he was fine his performance. I, I just found it not that um, engaging. I, I don't know, mm. like. I think, especially near the end, I really didn't like his monologue on the on the the snow top. I didn't think he was, in him particular, was the star of that specific show, that specific scene. And yeah. for me, if you're not the most charismatic person in the most important scene in the entire movie, then you, in my head, aren't really the best actor in your show, in your movie. And I think that... Um, while I like obviously the film in and of itself, it's exploration of grief and it's that journey that you take. And I think that's more of, you know, a, a consequence of the screenplay and also just the setting and pacing and just the film itself, which I think is so good. Um, I th- and I think oh, I forget the name of the actor who plays the driver, but she is freaking phenomenal. I, yeah. I, I think that she, she acts circles around him, especially in that last scene. And this is why I think, I probably unfairly put him a little bit too low, but I think that's why I put him so low because I didn't think um, he brought to the table um, what I was a, either expecting or, um, you know, I think it was underwhelming his performance a little bit. But I don't, I wouldn't say underwhelming. I think it is just he was he was a member of a very strong cast. I think it was a great performance by everyone in this movie. And there were de- and yeah, I agree that in the in that in that bit on the snow top, she, she definitely outshone him. But I think just overall, and and I and I agree that if you look at the favorite actor, I think the favorite supporting actors have a way higher, like are way are way better on average than the favorite actors. 
for sure in, in terms of performance yeah. so yeah that's that's it and uh, to be fair like i don't like will smith just as a as a person as an actor for for and i haven't for a long time and i think that that's part of my judgment as well mm, so yeah uh, i mean that happens yeah. um and we have biases. There are just certain actors that I just, I just cannot, I can't. <laughs> and I, 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 I went into this movie, like, <laughs> like I didn't want to watch it, and I paid sixteen bucks to pay to watch it. Oh, so, yes, <laughs> I mean, there, because there were sacrifice. in Berlin there were four cinemas total that showed this film in English. Oh, uh, why? Uh, I forget they do dubbed a lot in Germany. Yeah, That's quite and annoying. it's just why are there so many, and why is the only one that is w within like five miles of me uh, the one that's the most expensive? Anyway, we're not here to talk about this. What does the your Excel spreadsheet say? What who on average? Our is the... winner of our first inaugural Hookies favorite actor award is aptly Nicolas Cage. Yeah, woo! <laughs> I mean, great performance. Don't get me wrong. Honestly, um, insane. I, think, I was yeah. he was he was kind of tied with Olivia Coleman for me. Yeah. Um, Speak about a great performance in an underwhelming movie. Like yeah. Coleman. <laughs> Honestly. God. Honestly. She's so, so her, good. The the other uh, the the person who who portrayed the younger self was I thought was also really good. Yeah. She, um, yeah. Oh my god, she was amazing as well. Yeah. And great casting, honestly. Yeah. For the two of them. Um. So I, I just don't know that movie. Mm. But yeah, was, we're not was, here to discuss that. Her performance nope. was great. Okay, favorite supporting actor. We have eight. Is that right? Yes, that is right. Yes. Number we're eight so good for at me. This. <laughs> Number eight for me, unsurprisingly, is Vincent Linden for Titan. Uh. <laughs> Titan's gonna get like the lowest for everything, probably. Sure, sure, that's fine. Uh, number eight for me is Ana de Armas. No time to die. Oh no. Oh, I mean, she was uh, just on this, uh, that list as kind of a joke. She has like three minutes of screen time. And obviously those are some of my favorite minutes of cinema in 2021. But I mean. Yeah. Well, know. you'll see that she's ranked quite highly for me. <laughs> <laughs> Despite okay. that. Oh, my God. What's your number seven? Um, my number seven is Alicia Vikander, The Green Knight. Um, mm. I think, our, I mean, this is where we get into this movie's, this, this supporting actor cast that we have or choices that we have are really difficult. Yeah. Um, and Alicia Vikander is great in The Green Knight. I think she really does like bring so much to the table in a way that quite unexpected, honestly. Um, but I think um, it, it just maybe her role is a bit more limited, I would say, or has um, some limitations compared to some of the people on top. This is not a, a slight on her in any yeah. way. It's it's more of a praise towards everyone else above her in this list. So, yeah, absolutely. It's kind of a surprise to me, but my number seven is Oscar Isaac Dune. Oh wow. Yeah, I know. That's I mean, Oscar Isaac is is great in that movie. He um, is great. He just doesn't again, have that much screen time, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Um my amazing. number six. Yeah, he's great. I also love Oscar Isaac, period. So Yes. <laughs> that, yeah. Um my number six is and I hate to do this, is Alex Wolf from Pig. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I, again, this is just like 
everyone on this list is so good um, mm. that I it's so hard for me to kind of uh, decipher between them. Um, mm. And I think Alex Wolf is does such a great job, but I think because of Nicolas Cage's charisma in that movie, it, he's he's working off something in particular that. I mean, he, but he brings his own energy that's so good. They just work so well together, the two of them, honestly. Yeah. Um, but I, I just have to have him here. It's just in a perform in in a movie uh, in a movie that I loved, and in a performance that I loved. It's sad to have him so low. But here we are. Yeah, they are one of the best pairs of cinema. This That'd be a cool year, sure. like thing for us to do: favorite pairs of actors or whatever, or like <laughs> duos. That'd be cool. Maybe that can be a category for the hookies next year. Well, think about it. Hit us yeah. up, listener, if you like if you like that idea. Absolutely. Seriallyhook.com. Um, my number six is Rebecca Ferguson in June. Yes, and she's so good. She is very good, but I just found I I have a it's part of it's like it is her character, the subdued part of it. Mm. But I just found that I just don't connect well to that. So it is not as high as it should be given the performance, but yeah, yeah. I think um, you, well, you'll see where I put her, and it's uh, yeah. I'll explain once I get there. Um, so my number five, Oscar Isaac, Dune. Mm-hmm. Um, again, great performance. He really does um, capture Duke Leto so well. Um, and actually, I, did I tell you that I watched Dune again recently with some space between um, myself and the book? in a way Ooh, what did you think and i loved it so much yes more. again so much more great it was like i was yeah. so shocked when when we did the hookies nominee episode and you were like oh dune whatever and i just remember you were so enthusiastic about it when when it came out and when you first watched it uh, yeah, i'm I think so happy what happened yeah no i think what happened was that when i first went to watch the movie i had the book so much in my head that i couldn't mm. get out of my own way in a way and i wasn't just like allowed to be to like be taken for a ride kind of that this movie takes you on and that was a weird sentence but whatever and (laughs) the second time with some space i was really able to just like let myself go and just take the movie for what it was and not really be nitpicky about all the things that are missing or just kind of be over critical in a way like even if I am overcritical from a movie perspective, it's a great film and I really enjoyed it. And part of that is the journey that it takes you on. And yeah, so I, I just, I really, really loved it the sec- this second time watching it. Um, I mean, much, the space I think was really the most important thing. So great, yeah. really I, good movie. I, I had kind of a reverse thing where I, uh, when I started reading Dune, the first hundred pages or so were difficult to get, to get through because that was all that was in the books. And I was like, yeah, whatever. I don't know. Like I've seen all of this. And then when the first chapters were there that I that weren't included in the movie, I was like, oh, I am more engaged now. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And now I'm almost through with it, and I I love it. So, but we, that's a story for another time. As I tell you that my number. Oh no, you tell me. Are you no, through I told with you the my first number half five. of the book? Wait, hold on, hold on. Are you are you through with the first half of the book or the whole book? I'm almost. done with uh, almost all of the first book. Cool, cool, cool. cool. Yeah. Um, now you tell me your number five. Yes, it's Alicia Vikander, The Green Knight. I think cool. a great double role, very unexpected, but a great twist. Um, she's been, ha- she had some very underwhelming roles lately, and I was happy to see her get back on track with her acting prowess um and really liked her performance 
I mean, yeah, she's great, honestly. Uh, I love I love Alicia Vikander, period. So, um, yeah. Um, number, number four, uh, I hate to do this, is Ana de Armas, No Time to Die. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, she's, as you said, it's the best three minutes of film in the entire year. <laughs> her, I didn't say best, time. but or it's my up favorite, there. My favorite, or the most entertaining, or whatever <laughs> qualifier you want to use. It was probably one of the most standout performances of the entire year. And per, if we were doing this on a per second on screen <laughs> basis, I think she'd sweep every category. But yeah, absolutely. <laughs> alas, we are not. Uh, sadly, we have to leave her at number four for me. Yeah, my number four is Vincent Lindon from Titan. I think, as with Agatha Roussel, uh, both of them managed to have two terrible characters be portrayed almost like endearing in the end. And that's partly the writing, but it's a great part of it is his performance. Um, and I know you hated the movie, and that's fine. And I also hated it, but I also really liked it on some level, which is, you know, strange. But. Yeah, I don't know. I I just thought, I don't know. I I really resented the character, and then he made me like it at the end, or at least not like it, but there was something there, some something akin of sympathy, that was kind of a, a great feat in its own right. Yeah, I mean, if there's anything to like about this movie, it it is his character, I guess, or like that how his performance. Um, yeah. And her performance is quite good as well uh, for for its craziness that it uh, it's just like eh, nah. I mean, I mean, I would say on the relative scale, I think I liked his performance better than hers, in the way that I, maybe his character is more endearing, or his his the role of his character is to deal with this like, you know, obviously we've talked about grief before, but this is kind of the journey, one of the journeys that he goes on um, through this character, and. Uh, I, I'm really grasping at straws here, but I there is something there that um, yeah. I really do like. So, not really yeah. do like. I respect, I guess. That's fair. I'll, I'll take it. What's the number three? My number three. We're getting to the top three. Rebecca Ferguson, Dune. Mm, um, oh, she's so good. I love her so much. I think I, I'm a particular fan of the best Benny Gesserit, and I think her character. Her character is also. I'm biased because her character is my favorite in the books. And she is like also just like pops on screen. It's super well cast. Like again, and also like it's just everything about her performance. Not only what what she does, but her cost the costume design that they put her in in a way. It's just her her entire visage throughout the film. I think is it just like captures everything I want um, from. Yeah, it's just from a performance. I think it was great, um, and I just wish that they had. She had more screen time, more things to do, um, and when I'm when I'm left wanting more, it's a supporting actor role. I mean, within reason, Ana de Armas only has a couple minutes, but so <laughs> but within reason. Like, if I still want more, it's something near the top of the top of the list for me. So I, I think she's amazing. So, yeah. and I, I'm I'm predisposed to love Rebecca Ferguson. Period. So. Here we go. Yeah, great casting for that role in particular. And I, I, I will say I liked uh I like Jessica more in the book than in the movie. And I hope maybe, you know, maybe that's also a story for another time. But yeah. And we'll I, talk I, about I the book you. when you're done with it. Yeah, exactly. Um I will just say my number three is Alex Wolf um from Pig. I think actually he holds his own uh, you know, on the other side 
of uh, of uh, Nicolas Cage. I think their dynamic is great. At first, I I kind of warmed up to him in this role, and I think at the end he really won me over. And I would say he is as charismatic as Nick Cage is in this movie, and I think that's the biggest compliment I can I can give him. Yeah, uh, he's great. I think um, I'm kind of regretting putting him so low at this moment, but mm-hmm. you know, this is the life we live. It is what it is. So, what's your number two? <laughs> I uh, let me preface this number two discussion in the sense that I think there was a actually with all the greatness that we've seen talked about until this point, there's a huge drop off for me after one two. I think it's quite yes. easy for me to put one two, and then there is a drop off. And I'm glad that we agree on the top two here. Mm-hmm. So uh, the question is just like, what are we going to do if we don't agree? Because <laughs> there's going to be a tie at some point. Um, there's a flaw in our methodology, but um, it pains me to do this. But um, my number two is Troy Kostor from Coda. Uh, yeah. yeah. I loved his. I thought he was so good. It's just everything like he makes that movie for me, like from the first first scene. He's and it's just he's so funny every single aspect of it i just it's a it's like you're choosing between two loves at this point but yeah i will say this is one of the most one of the most difficult decisions and i made the same one as you did my number two is also troy kotzer uh amazing mm-hmm. performance Ama- i'm so happy he he uh, won the oscars um uh uh, just just an ama- yeah as you said so charismatic just really draws you in um every scene with him is amazing i just think i mean we have the same number one we do uh, yeah <laughs> Kedriana Balf from belfast uh just like a little bit more of an emotional maybe it is kind of a thing of what a voice can transport uh, like in terms of emotions maybe that is kind of part of it i just thought you know, it it is a minuscule difference here, but for some reason, I just thought that her performance was a little bit. I liked her a little bit more, but both of them are honestly amazing, like superb. Yeah, I just I when I watch Belfast and I've watched it a few times now, I I just can't take my eyes off her performance. She just shines through the screen above everyone else, like in such yeah. an amazing way. It's kind of crazy to me that she's quote unquote a supporting actor in that yeah. way and troy kostor also or kotsor sorry also does that um in his own right um and i don't even i i think the only difference to me maybe is the strength of um oh i forget her name the main character in coda um uh i don't know i only know amelia jones is the is the is the actor Ah, okay, yeah, that's enough. Um, Amelia Jones is like performance. I think relative to the kid in in Belfast, is she she pulls more of her own weight and she does. Yeah. I, I think Caitlin Balfe does just more in her performance. I think very little, very very minuscule. Work really, um, I don't know what the expression is, but yeah, they're just both so good. So yeah, I love them both. Oh, that was the hardest decision I had to think. I think I made yeah. through this entire <laughs> really thing, honestly, uh, yeah. except for maybe one other. But Ooh, we'll find out mm-hmm. later which one that is. Okay, we're coming to the next category, which is kind of a short one. The shortest one we have: five nominees, favorite score. My number five is Alexandre Desplat from the t- French Dispatch. Same. 
Oh, interesting. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> My number four, Van Morrison, Belfast. Oh, no. Um, I was supposed <laughs> to say... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's no, not my number four. Yeah, I did say same. Sorry. I got so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to share, Chris. Um, my number four is Jermaine uh, uh, Franco from Encanto. Mm. Um, I, I mean, it's it's a, a lot of like music. And the music is has become really popular and it's good and all. Um, but yeah, just I don't think it's it doesn't render much emotion for me. I think the Bruno song is way overrated. I, I well, it's okay. I have my problems with Encanto as like the the music of it, but I do like I still like it. So it's not like um, I hate it if that makes sense. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. I don't know anything about how popular any of this is, so yeah. I go t- into this totally blind. Yeah, I think um. part of it is that these Encanto has been seared into my brain, like frozen in some ways. Mm, um, I see, but yeah. So that's my number four. Okay, my number three is Stephen Price, Last Night in Soho. Same. Ah, yeah. Just, <laughs> just a solid. There are some. I mean, it's mostly like a compilation, right? So yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. as it as it is with uh, Edgar Wright movies, just an incredible, like, in, incredible team effort between what's on the screen and the music that is chosen for each scene, and some some of those. Uh, songs I have listened to just on their own that I've mm. really liked, and those were uh, like I don't think I knew any of those going into uh, into <laughs> watching the movie. So yeah, I I just thought it was a very period appropriate list and very very well chosen. It was very entertaining for sure. Yes, and that's kind of that was my favorite part of that movie, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think. Yeah, we'll get into Last Night in Soho a little bit later as we talk about it. But um, yeah, it's, it's just a fun score for sure. Especially the yeah. first half of the film. Mm-hmm. The, the third act, the second and third act uh, drip dips a little bit, I think. Um, but that first act is solid, solid. Uh, I think that's the only reason I put it at three. I think I would have had a little higher if kind of the, it really was more throughout the entire film, if that makes sense. But, mm. Yeah. All right. My number two is Hans Zimmer, Dune. Your number two, Hans My Zimmer, number two. Dune. It's, cool. It's kind of, it's honest, it, it is It is a great score. Had, had a, it has an amazing mix of of just instrumentation and just the, the thought behind it. I mean, obviously Hans Zimmer is, is one of the masters. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. For some reason it didn't, like I, I wouldn't just like, listen to it on like on its own and i think mm. that's kind of a, always a always a criteria for me obviously it it when you watch it when you watch the movie it is a huge part of it and i think it adds to the movie so much but on its own i found it not as good as my number one fair enough um i forgot to say same for dune it is also oh, my number okay. two <laughs> uh okay so we have switched we have uh, the like our ones and fours i are are just switched my number one is jermaine franco and canto yeah uh just very entertaining um kind of fun but also not really not not something that'll like stick with me forever i'm gonna say that none of those scores do um but uh, for some reason i just i just i like the score more than the movie maybe 
Um, mm, I see. In, in some in some sense, uh, and I just thought it was it's like pretty entertaining, good character like characterizing of the, and just like a lot of yeah, good good pieces. It's really interesting because this is the only chance we have to talk about Encanto. Like I found the movie and the score a little bit disappointing when I first watched mm-hmm. it. Um, I w- did watch it a second time, and I felt like the score was better in the movie, like than the movie. But the first time I was watching the movie, I was like, "All right, move on." Like I- I'm sick of this song. Like just like, um, yeah. but it- it's very interesting. But then after watching it a second time, the score does kind of bring the movie up a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But it-, it is again. I think, I mean, and I'm a huge fan of Disney films. I think it is. I think what it represents is more important than the movie, the quality of the movie itself. And I think that's a very big deal. But when we're talking about our favorite score in particular and the score separate from the movie itself and the meaning and the the issues of the movie that deals, that the movie deals with, I think that, um, uh, yeah, I I mean, Encanto is great for what it is. And I, I, have my so my neighbors in the UK are like Colombian um, expats and kind of this what this movie meant for them and their children um, was really it was really deep for them in a way that um, was unexpected for me when I was talking to them and also they're mentioning you know human displacement as a big issue in Colombia kind of addressing that head on by a Disney film is incredible and that idea for um, understanding global like cultural issues something of that nature is some, you, something you don't expect from a film and I just I don't know uh, I'm kind of bummed again putting it so low I think it's whenever you, we talk about stuff and you're like you start to praise the things and I'm just like, Oh yeah, I agree with you, Chris. I don't want to disagree, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, it's a good film in the end. But yeah. oddly enough, because it was our number ones and our number fours that were um, the separation factor or separated here. Yeah, Dune wins. <laughs> Dune wins. <laughs> that's, a, that's funny. I mean, well-deserved. It's a great score. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I was not expecting that. Um, wow. But yeah, so Hans Zimmer with no first place votes <laughs> wins. <laughs> well, that's 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 fine. Yeah. All yeah, right. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Um, favorite. Oh, shout out! Quick, quick, quick shout out to Van Morrison. I thought his his screen his uh, the score in Belfast was amazing. I, I love the I loved every cut scene that integrated the music. I thought it was phenomenal. And I just personally, the emotion that it captured and just Van Morrison music period is great. And I think that listening to, I mean, it's so apt for that era and that time period and this, the film. And I think it integrates so seamlessly with the film yet also is um, kind of, it it marks the different uh, moments of those films so well so i just quick shout out to van morrison and belfast i thought it was phenomenal yeah. and again it's very interesting i found our um our score section quite weak as well this year uh, yes i don't know what's going on again <laughs> we have to figure out what we're doing wrong but no I, th- uh, I think we discussed this in our nominees episode that this year wasn't as good as everyone expected it to be certainly we expected it to be just because of COVID and the delays and everything so we thought it was going to be a stronger year yeah so maybe that that's part of it 
yeah that would make sense looking looking at the clock a little bit uh uh so that's that's the only reason why i'm kind of rushing through this but uh yeah you're definitely right to to take your time pointing out great things um our next app or uh, our next category favorite screenplay i think it's my turn again no it's your turn no my turn my number six edgar wright and christy wilson karen's from last night in soho okay my number six is wes anderson the french dispatch cool uh, my number five wes anderson the french dispatch <laughs> <laughs> uh my number uh five is john spades denis Villeneuve, and eric roth dune oh interesting that's fascinating for me to hear um my number four is um Ryusuke hamaguchi and takamasa oi drive my car okay well, my number four is edgar wright and christy wilson cairns last night in soho cool um my number we're really blowing through this yes <laughs> <laughs> we're my gonna talk three. about it uh, at, yeah. the, at the end we'll I'm talk sure. about the end for sure uh, my number three kenneth Branagh, belfast same oh wow same we agree on something um yes. <laughs> my number two um dune Okay. <laughs> just <laughs> quick and dirty. Uh, yeah, uh, my number two is Sean Hedda Coda. Cool. Um, that's my number one. Yes. And my number one is Ryusuke Hamaguchi and Takamasa Oe. Cool. Drive my car. Oh, I think this is the first time where I vehemently disagree with you. Um, I actually had like a drive my car under the French Dispatch for a while, and then mm -hmm. I moved it up at the, my last revisions. I think that movie was way too long. I think that movie was like it it really dragged in places. I mean the performances are great, the writing is great, it's still like fine. It was still a good movie, but that movie did not need to be three hours long. And nope. if you're writing a screenplay that's three hours long based on a short story, like you're <laughs> you're doing something wrong there. And I I think that I mean, for all the great things about that film and there are so many great things about it i don't want to focus on something negative here um i i kind of i do really disagree about having the screenplay in particular be so high um but that's just again i think there are other aspects of the film that are much stronger than than the screenplay itself if that makes sense um but yeah i i agree um i mean i'm I'm really glad that cn header is winning i think if i'm yeah if i did my yeah, math right uh very well deserved for me it was difficult to honestly the first three were just for for me were, were kind of difficult to decide i think just <laughs> drive my car is based on a short story by uh, haruki murakami maybe that played into it subconsciously um <laughs> But yeah, I, I think it definitely has its length. Uh, could have been at least twenty minutes shorter. Mm. Um, but I also, I also thought that a lot of the scenes that were kind of yeah, you could have cut that. I don't know. Something about this movie just made it so much. I don't know. Very still very engaging in a way because it's still kind of the pace itself kind of allowed for these things to happen in a, in, a, in a sense like it was like the pace overall was kind of slow and contemplative and i think that's just what kind of made it seem less bad than you think 
it was. Yeah, um, I think that's a really um, uh, a testament to the cinematography and the direction of the film, yes. honestly. And I think that that I love slow paced movies, you know, people talking in cars. And that's just yeah. like a great trope that I really think that they did really well. Um, but I, I think that where that strength lies is the wide, beautiful scaping shots, um, sorry, landscape shots of Japan, the kind of like in back and forth, like cut scenes in the way that they kind of um, work on the facial cues of the different actors, especially when they're just driving in the car, listening to his, uh, how, what do you say, what do you call a dead wife? Um, his dead wife's. Um, <laughs> how do you call, how do you say that again? <laughs> Uh, I don't know what the word is. Yeah. Um, his his uh, ex, or whatever his no his, his dead wife. I think that's wife. correct. Is that correct? Okay, I apologize. You can get at me if there's if that's a politically incorrect term. But his dead wife's recording. I think that um, there are such great things with the film in particular, but I just felt you know that, that it was it was kind of lacking for me in terms of its mm. uh, it, its screenplay in particular. But that's just let's talk, let's talk a little bit about the winner. Oh my god! Yes, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Oh my god, Coda, so good. How they so integrate good. everything into this movie, like, and emote so much with you know, considering the like the actors as well, and also like the writing. Are you just like kidding me? Like, it's so funny, it's so hilarious. It almost brought me to tears, and literally, almost nothing breaks me to tears. And it was absolutely just like top notch quality start to. Or top to bottom, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. It's it's an amazing movie. I I just I I watched it and I just didn't. I just pop it up. I just saw it pop up and thought, oh, that sounds that sounds like an like interest like an interesting premise. And I wasn't I wasn't prepared for what it what it gave me. Um. Yeah. It's really and, interesting. So, like, a testament to the writing is that from the first, like, two lines um, of the movie that I know that I'm going to like the movie. And mm -hmm. it really just, like, captures you from the very beginning, from those initial, like, few, like, lines of dialogue that you hear and really just brings you through to the end of the film so strongly that, I mean, the way... Okay, one of the best things, and and I guess... <laughs> I'm going to mention this for the second time on this podcast, but watching Ted Lasso recently has um, really kind of like, again, it's one of the shows that does this really well. And this movie does this as well, where it transitions and does humor and um, like heart wrenching stuff, both incredibly well. And there are very few movies that really capture both of those things and the writing for this film and the way that they are able to transition between the two and so seamlessly integrate the film that way is uh, it's just i think it's so good so i think yeah this is well-deserved favorite screenplay for coda yeah just just a quick behind the scenes thing you you just sounded like kind of quiet there i don't know uh oh i'm talking right into the mic oh, literally okay. right into the mic okay uh <laughs> um that's yeah, fine just, listener just get over it turn your bike turn your volume you're gonna up. cut this please oh I no beg you. oh no please um <laughs> yeah i agree uh it's a it's a great uh it's so powerful it draws you in that that is a very difficult thing to balance 
And there are so many examples that fail at doing it and so few that actually succeed. And again, I'm so happy that it won the Oscar, got the recognition that it deserves. Um, and yeah, I'm also glad that it's uh, our winner for the hookies. All right, let's do it. Favorite cinematography. All right. Number six for me, Harry Sambalukus, Belfast. Number six. Cool. Uh, my number six is Chung Hoon Chung, Last Night in Soho. That's my number five. Cool. Um, my number five, Robert D. Human, The French Dispatch. That's my number four. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, my number four, is that it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my number four is uh, Patrick Scola Pick. That's my number three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We agree again in the top two. Great. I like how we have this. We don't. Uh, we don't? No, we don't. Do we not? Nope. Uh, Everything that I agreed on is kind of one, one seating higher than yours so far. You need to tell me my your number three. Oh, I think I did something wrong then. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. We don't agree. I apologize nope. for that. I haven't said my number three. My number three is, oh, my God, I can't pronounce his name. Belfast. Harris. Zember Lucas. Yeah. Zember Lucas. Thank you. So we do <laughs> agree on the first, the top two. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> A spoiler alert there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so difficult. That one was so difficult as well. Which one, Belfast? Um, no, no, numbers two? one oh. and two. Oh. For me, it's quite easy in the end, but okay. getting to the top two was quite easy. But then, yeah, I think... Yeah, that's what I meant. Like, the top, deciding the first, uh, between the last two or the oh. first two. Yeah, I thought it was going to be difficult, cool. and in the end, it was actually just, like, quite easy for okay. me um, to choose. But go ahead, you're number two. My number two is Greg Frazier, Dune. That's my number one. Yeah, I, <laughs> so this is going to be interesting how yeah. we're going to solve this. Yeah, yeah, my number one is Andrew Dross or The Green Knight, um, which is obviously your number two. So now we have to kind of find a tiebreaker here or kind of discuss our way through. Yeah, oi. Um, I, I think hmm, the cinematography of... They're both so good. That's the problem. They're both very um, good, yes. I'm happy to give it to the Green Knight. That's okay. Cool. Um, I think that there's more variety in the shots, I think. Mm -hmm. But no, but like the cinematography is so much a part of the journey of Dune. And it's the only reason I think that movie, not the only reason, but the biggest reason that movie works over the writing. Even, I mean, it, it's it's tied to the direction, of course, as well. Uh, I think, But I think the same could be said of the Green Knight. No, I think what I'm trying to say, sorry, I'm just working through my thoughts right now. I think that the wider direction, the wider like role of Denis Villeneuve is more important in Dune than it is in The Green Knight. And I think The Green Knight, I don't know if I'm like um, rewarding the, the other, rewarding the cinematography because the other parts of the movie are maybe not as strong. <laughs> in the green night um but i think it's the best part of that movie is the cinematography right mm -hmm. the best part of dune is is partly the cinematography but i think there's more more going on there um yeah. 
I I like the also also the metaphorical work that the cinematography engages with with the Green Knight itself. Um, I think that the why I picked Dune and why I thought it was an easy choice, and now I'm kind of backtracking to try to make it work, is that the cinematography is so key to how it brings you into the world and the and the ride that you go on, and specifically like capturing the different aspects of Caladan and Dune and the like you know this it, it's just I think there's so much that goes and in, goes into that film uh fine we'll give it to the Green Knight that's okay I'm I'm happy with that it's just okay. I needed to like I think I think when you consider like the deeper meaning of the cinematography I think there's more thought that went into what we're talking about with the Green Knight and the Green Knight is more of a metaphorical movie in and of itself, yeah. but that's okay if we kind of uh, we should. I mean, and I think yeah. that's partly or to, to for a big part due to the cinematography because it does have this otherworldly fairy tale sort of feel to it and look to it, and that's I think is true for the most part due to the cinematography that just transports you into this into this realm into the all of the as you said the very like the variety of it is is astounding honestly the like the vibrant colors all of this mythical mystical feel to it um that just blew me away so i'm happy that it's our winner of the hookies yeah i think that's a that's an apt winner i think um and to any of you who did it who watched the green knight and were like what the fuck is this movie watch it and then kind of read about it as well yeah. <laughs> because it, there's a lot into that movie and and there's so much about the cinematography that is is, so is you need to uncover to really enjoy it. yeah so all right well we're bound to the Favorite big two director only the, the, the easiest ones for last right yeah of course um actually well we'll see um all right so um i think it's your turn give me okay, Wes Anderson, yeah. french dispatch um, seven. That's your Wes Anderson. My seven is no surprise. Ju- Julia, Julia. I can't pronounce her name. Ducourneau, Ducourneau, uh, Titan. Okay. I can't. I honestly, I can't put your you as a good director high if I can't watch your movie. Um, so you did watch it though. I mean, I can't watch it in one sitting. Like, if I have yeah. to pause your movie and watch Ted Lasso just to like um, decompress for a minute, and then finish your movie, and then have like a terrible interrupted sleep that night, I, I can't have you. <laughs> well, that. that's also because you didn't do anything but watch movies and shows before you went to sleep. Like, I do that a lot, some of the times. Okay, okay. But well, really. if if you if you have to like. Uh, procrastinate on watching this movie until literally 12 hours before we record. That's kind of on you. Yeah, no, it's on the film. It's not enticing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Julia Ducourneau is my number six. Cool. Uh, my number six is Edgar Wright, Last Night in Soho. Um, uh, my number five is... Oh, sorry. Did you want to say? Yeah, anything? I just want to talk about it since this, we don't. Sure. there is no Last Night in Soho in the last uh, category. Um I like, no, I thought this film was really underwhelming, honestly. Um, I think the first act is great. And I think they had a great idea for the twist at the end and the third act, um, which I thought was, okay, that's a good twist. I think the middle of this movie dragged a little bit. I found that was missing a lot of the Edgar Wright humor that I love. 
like there was no was, humor yeah, it's like what was going on like this is not an edgar wright film in my head and i felt yeah. like this this is one of the reasons why i kept it so low is just that it it was just underwhelming as a movie and mm. i mean better than titan but not that high for me honestly in terms of like what i would expect from edgar wright and then also like what i liked in this in a, in a movie period but i mean still well directed i think still there are you know really cool scenes in the way that it goes back and forth and it melds these two worlds quite well and there and that first like third of the movie i think is really good um and the transitions then, are incredible yeah 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 that part of the movie the, that part of the direction is great um but i'm sorry i i should have waited until you brought up edgar wright to talk no, that's about fine i think i think you're right that there's no humor the only quote-unquote joke you could say um there is in this movie is the one where the main character almost kills someone with scissors and somebody stops her last ah, second yeah. and that's yeah. like the only quote-unquote joke and i'm grasping for straws here uh I mean, it's, it's definitely not a funny movie it's definitely the le the one that i've i like least of edgar wright and mm -hmm. uh, Same. kind of a disappointment because i'm kind of his number one fanboy especially on this podcast um but i'll i'll talk about him later <laughs> yeah sorry about that talk about it later. that's so good uh so that was your number five right no that was my number six your number five now Oh, my number five is David Lowry, The Green Knight. Cool. My number five is Wes Anderson, The French mm. Dispatch. Um, yeah. Number four? <laughs> yeah. Can you? I think in all of the categories that French Dispatch was in, it was my, like, on the last spot because I was like, oh, whatever. <laughs> Wes Anderson <laughs> has jumped the shark like yeah, 10 years know. ago. Uh, yeah, it's so disappointing. Um, I, yeah. The cast of this movie is amazing, and I think they just did so. The first episode it. of it was great, but everything else I didn't care for. There was the only other good part that came later was the the idea to have part of it animated. That was kind of a fun thing. Yeah, but the rest of it I, I just didn't the care first for. one was the prison one. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was the best of the film. That was great. Yeah, but the rest was just like again, kind of a Wes Anderson circle jerk yeah actually good point um, yeah so too bad there's that uh my number four is michael sarnowski pig mm, cool my number four is david lowry the green knight oh interesting <laughs> 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 i wonder i wonder oh, no. um um <laughs> <clears throat> My number three is Edgar Wright, Last Night in Soho. <laughs> okay. Again, he amazing director. I think technically this movie is great. We've I just briefly uh, mentioned the transitions, which is kind of the best part of this movie. The look of it is great. As you said, in terms of the writing, the twist at the end was was great, but a lot of the parts were off-putting. Kind of like the the one movie he did before that, Baby Driver. The pacing was really weird. So I, even though I loved him and I had him on my number one for the longest time, but just because he is kind of one of my favorite directors of all time, um, I can't in good conscience do that just because I love him. I have to look at the movie itself. Yeah, I think you'll get a good chance at some point in the future years to give him this award. I hope so. Uh, but for now, 
I, I think it is um, a little bit lacking this film. Mm-hmm. And you didn't like Baby Driver. I love Baby Driver. I just think the pacing, the last, the last act is is weirdly paced. Got it. I can't really remember the pacing of the last act. I've seen that movie so many times. It's just one of my favorite films. Yeah, um, I, I think it's one of my favorite films as well. But just the last act is is like everything happens so quickly. Fine. It's another excuse for me to watch the movie again. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, What's your number three? Right. My number three is Michael Sarnowski, Pig. Yes. <laughs> oh, again, we have our oh, numbers one God. and two. Oh, no. This is so sad. <laughs> Um, all right, give it to me. Okay, What's my right? number two is Kenneth Branagh, Belfast. Thank God, we don't have to disagree here. Same. <laughs> and number one, didn't even have Dune. How uh, else could it be? Honestly, like, just I, I love you, Denis Villeneuve. Thank you yeah. for <laughs> me. Like, not for me, but for everyone. <laughs> it's just yeah. such an amazing film. Um, incredible. And it's it's incredible how he, as a singular mind, was able to kind of create. Obviously, not a sing. He's worked on a great team. I know, but kind of with him at the helm, was able to really bring to life something that is so hard to bring to life. In because of the, it, it's you know, in some ways, you know, when you're working off of um, source material, it can be a, bo- a great boon to the work, right? It can really help you mm. in creating good material think of game of thrones like working off this working off the source material really made it so good and then when they had no source material we saw all saw what happened for dune you're <laughs> often because of the convoluted nature of of the work because of the way it's written and constructed you're working really against the source material it's not helping you in creating something if you mm. try to put too much into it, it it really does just bear you down with so many things but i think he just did a masterful job of really navigating all that to really get at the core of what the move with the what the book is about and and creating it so accessible for so many people but then also for people like who who really enjoy the book and who have read the book really like can grasp onto things and you know this is me saying me saying that you know i was a little bit underwhelmed by the movie the first time i still enjoyed it obviously um but namely because my favorite scene in the book is not in the movie, but once I got over that and some of the other characters that I think were shortchanged, I see why, and it makes so much sense to me. And I think Denis Villeneuve did such a great job in this, uh, in crafting this movie from start to finish. So, yeah, and for me, what is funniest is that I I feel like he has been preparing to make this movie for the last ten years because I feel like there are parts of Sicario Arrival and Blade Runner 2049 in Dune. I could, mm. I could, like, it is kind of a mix of the three of them, not just in terms of genre, but also visuals and, and just to, st- like narrative, like, like visual storytelling. And I don't know, just, just, yeah. I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. The most interesting director of the last decade. Sidebar, what do you think a Denis Villeneuve Star Wars film would look like? I don't th- I can't really imagine him doing a Star Wars movie. That's the thing. His j- just like the the way in Arrival and in Dune and in Blade Runner as well, he approaches kind of science fiction visually goes beyond like Star Wars has a very set uh, like visual language and 
uh, he also has a very distinct visual language. And I don't think that those two would pair together. Uh, and maybe they would, but it's not going to happen when Disney and Denis Villeneuve clash. Yeah, so, I think in like an ideal world, it would work really well. Yeah. But I think in the end, you're right, was talking about what would Disney actually allow. And, exactly. You know. if, if they gave him a black, blank check, it might just be the greatest Star Wars movie ever. But it's not going to happen. Yeah. So, Sadly. <laughs> yeah. Well, good work on Dune. Keep it coming. Can't wait for the next two Dune movies. <laughs> Seriously. Um, yeah, right. at, at least one, right? I think there's only one. No, there's two, I think, reportedly. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready? Favorite picture. This is the big one. Holy. This is a big one. Oh, my God. I hope. I so difficult. It was sure so it was like... difficult. Really? For me, it was actually quite easy. I'm really? Okay. Five to one. Very easy. Yeah, five um, to one was really easy. Six was... Uh... Wait, six? Where the hell is six? We Where have six? six, but are you kidding me? One second. The first one and the last one we messed up, or I messed up. One, two, three, four. No, we have five. In the email that you sent me with the Hoagies nominees, there are only five. Oh. Oops. That's on me. <laughs> I think uh, both of them were on you, honestly, this time. So well, as the one who as the resident fuck up of this podcast, <laughs> I well. I absolve myself of uh blame this time. Well, you could have also taken notes, but that's okay. Um, no pig was in there as well. Oh, but wasn't yes. oh, it wasn't in the email you sent me, so it's not on the website. So it's <laughs> it not. is in there in the episode that we recorded that you edited. Oh fuck! <laughs> well, we'll put pig, uh, but I don't know what to do now. Um, fine, we'll put pig in. Do 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 <laughs> do, 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 do do No, you can you can take a minute. What's your number six? Uh, my number six is the Green Knight. Okay, my number six is Belfast. Oof. I know. Um, um, my number five is Drive My Car. Uh, my number five is the Green Knight. My uh, number... What are we on? Sorry. Four? four. Uh, my number four is Pig. Same. Okay. Um, my... Number three is Dune. Uh, for me, it's Drive My Car. Number three is Drive My Car. Sorry, I'm just writing all this stuff down. Yeah, of course. Um, my number two is Coda. Same. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we have the same problem again. Yeah. No, we don't. No, um, we don't. No, we don't. Not at all. Um, I my... mean, we don't have a problem, but the same phenomenon. Yeah. No, we don't. Oh, no, we don't, actually. Not at all. Never mind. <laughs> no, my um, my number one is by far, not by far, but quite easily, Belfast. Interesting. Yeah, uh, mine is Dune. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Belfast was great, but for some... Maybe it's because the main character is a boy, so a child. Yeah, that's what I was wondering with you. Um, and I think that's like, I know that was going to be the reason why you, you rank it so low. I was yeah. hoping that the movie itself was like decent enough that it would um, put it up for you. Um, it's an amazing movie. Don't get me wrong. I still yeah. think about it, but it, I never think about the boy. 
I only think about the adults. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of the point of the film, I think, in some ways. Yeah. You don't, it transcends, like, the child actor, and who is not as bad, it's not that bad, actually. But like as 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 children on on screen go, he was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially that's a lot coming from you. Yeah. Um, but for me, Belfast is the movie that I will remember from this year, and the movie that I take with me from this year. Uh, that and Coda, honestly, um, and Dune, yeah. the top three. Um, <laughs> but like Belfast for me is it is the manifestation of everything that is me, <laughs> and I love that movie. Like more than any movie that i've seen in the last like three four years probably i think it that movie wow. is so it, it is so um uh, it's just it transcends everything for me in that movie i think it's hilarious it's heart-wrenching like the relationship with diaspora the relationships with the between intergenerational families like communities and how one like the struggles of growing up in just life, but also within the constraints of the situation that they're in. Like there's so many things. Exactly. Like all of these things of this film are just so well done and it's so understated and no two movies could be different than Belfast and Dune. But I think like our two respective number ones. And yeah. I mean, um, it is both about surviving in a hostile environment, I suppose, in a sense. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, and finding yourself, but, yeah. that movie i think because that movie is not about the boy i think that's what's that's mistaken i think it's yeah. more about the family and oh absolutely i think the movies like that really really um kind of and i i love realistic or good depictions of family dynamics and mm-hmm. relationships that like kind of transcend just like what is so typically understood like or seen or depicted on television or movies yeah. And just like the layers of like love and hatred and like like in this like the dynamic that they're the parents and their like marriage is just it's just so good and I think how how it's how they work off each other is amazing and their ended up their decision to end up like whether wait their decision whether or not to leave Belfast like how they struggle with that and ideas of home and belonging and like even just like like little quips and humor about like um, religion in and of itself and its place in the, in this conflict <laughs> is, and um, I think the, the, the line that makes me laugh all the time is when the boy, the, the boy asks him like, Oh, is it okay if I like her? Like she's, she's a Catholic. And, and the father's just like, I don't care if she's a vegan anti or vegetarian antichrist. Like it's yeah. fine. And I'm just like, that's just such a funny, like understated line. I think, from a move from a director who I think shat the bed with Death on the Nile, like he is, he creates something so good with Belfast. So I just have to. I, don't I know understand it's not how win. he how he can do something so beautiful like Belfast and something so shitty like the Akupero movies. Uh, but yeah, I I think one of the one of the best cuts this year, uh, like one of the best like edits was the uh was cutting to the priest in the sermon <laughs> yeah that, that yeah. that's one of the scenes that has gotten the biggest laughs in cinema that I've ever seen like in a movie theater oh wow um, so yeah uh great great movie for me i said I, I think i said it on the nomination episode dune was probably one of the best movie going experiences of my life 
So it's obviously it, it had quite an impact on me. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. It's one of the, one of only two movies that I've watched multiple times in, in the movie theater. And um, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, hearing you talk about Belfast kind of makes me think I should have ranked it higher probably, but... It's the uh, life we live. It's the life we live. Uh, I'm I'm already looking forward to our top 10 episodes of the 2020s now. <laughs> With Tune and Belfast and everything what, in else like in it. like nine years? <laughs> in nine years. Um, but also our well-deserved winner of the favorite picture, Hookie, which is Coda. Such no, a it's Dune. movie. It's Dune, sorry. Is it Dune? Oops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, because <laughs> They're both tied at four technically, but then the tiebreaker automatically goes to the the highest seed seeded one, and Coda got two for each of us. And got but I feel like I feel like that's vote. that's kind of not a fair tiebreaker. I feel like the opposite way should be true, honestly. What? Because like on average, we agreed more on on Coda. You know. Oh, I uh, like we we've, we've done it in the past where it's that the tiebreaker is whoever ranks at the highest so the yeah. height of the film right um, but if you yeah, want to give guess. it to Coda oh, I, that's why because like you ranked it number one right mm. I'm trying to give you your 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 way my movie <laughs> <laughs> um, it's difficult I mean they're my number one and two movie <laughs> what can I say I made my decision but I, yeah. I, don't know, I was thinking about this in advance about the tiebreaker um, maybe maybe something we should have talked about in, in the beginning, but uh, that was kind of my opinion. But I'm I mean I I'm happy to give it to Dune. Yeah, and I mean by the rules of our methodology, it goes to Dune. Okay, Dune, yay! <laughs> <laughs> now I feel sad for Coda. <laughs> Such a good movie as well. Yeah, like, shout out everything you like about that movie if you want. <sighs> I mean, that's the thing. I I didn't come here with notes, but I don't. We've talked about it so much. The writing, the performances, like all out. There wasn't like a single bad performance in there. Um, just the topics, obviously, with like living, living like in in a like uh, like as the only child of of like uh, deaf parents, which is obviously what coda means. Um, just such an such an insight into a world that's very foreign to me um but handled as you said with the, with the just the right amount of of like actually kind of presenting the hardships in in like every facet of life uh, but also with a lot of humor in there which i think is kind of a realistic depiction um because i think you know, people do find you know humor is omnipresent or or like can be can be very present in all walks of life, and I know like but the humor is what stands out. I love the um, I, I love the music teacher as well. Uh, kind of kind of the only thing that I didn't like about it was kind of like okay, so the child of death, uh, parents is gonna sing. That was kind of okay okay but i I loved the teacher like great performance great writing on his part as well um and just the family dynamics as you you mentioned it like belfast coda even encanto uh in a, in a sense also like dune and pig um literally every movie <laughs> literally every movie like drive my car even like all of them are about family dynamics like if you want even titan <laughs> 
<laughs> it's about family dynamics. I mean, um, if you want to burn your family alive and lock them in their bedroom, sure. <laughs> um, or French dispatch, you could even say it's kind of about family. Okay, right? hold, okay hold on. We're just going <laughs> off on a crazy thing. Yeah, okay. But like, yeah, Coda, what an absolutely amazing movie. Um, and yeah, I just, I just have high hopes that all of those great creative people that were involved in making this movie are are like you know remain in our in the presence that they're in right now so it's interesting i've, I've quite i have quite a few points um on this film so um as i mentioned earlier that i thought I'd, i knew i'd love this film from the first scene i mean emily jones is super charismatic in the way that she just kind of captures yeah. everything from the beginning um i actually I think one of the weaker points for me of this film was Eugenio Derbez as like the music teacher. I thought he was mm. a little bit over, he was way over like um, caricaturized. I think mm. uh, I found it annoying at some points. Um, I, I think the, I mean, I'm really like grasping at straws here. The dialogue is amazing Two like lines that I love. is like, I love rap music. My whole ass is vibrating. My dad felt so funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Also like, when the mama says um, Tinder is something we can do as a family. Yeah. <laughs> that was so good. Hilarious. Um, I also like the choir at the beginning. That's like, that's basically acapella. Like where's mm. the actual, I mean, there, there are little aspects of the film that kind of like specifically there was one where it's a pet peeve of mine. And it's a typical pet peeve for me would be food in movies. Like when they <laughs> are sitting down to have a meal or whatever. And, like the mom at one point, she's eating on the on her plate. There's like some crushed feta cheese, strawberries, and toast. And I'm like, what the hell? That's not a meal. Work to have like good food. There's millions of dollars going into these movies. It's it's easy enough to create an actual meal that the characters can sit down with. And it just these little things bother me sometimes. Uh, but um, the, I love. Um, the brother at the bar with this courtship scene. Mm. I think that was really great, but then it was immediately ruined to me by the sex in the closet scene. Like I hate that mm. trope and how like you cut in that way. I think that was um, a little bit too oversimplistic. Um, yeah. uh, I love, but I love in general, the teenage awkwardness that they, they capture with all of the, with all the, you know, the, the, the relationship, the burgeoning relationship between Amelia Jones and her, um, her love interest, even though I think he's a, a he's a bad actor. Um, I, I, I love the Coast Guard scene when things really go silent. I think like any time that this movie kind of captures what it's like um, a little bit, at least, I mean, for that experience, because it, it, it ruin or removes the sound, it is really stark. And I really, really like when it does that. Um, and the, the switch back and forth, I think, is really cool and how it, uh, um, you know, it, it uses that as a very good tool to get you into the movie and, and, and prevent the inevitable dragging that happens in almost every movie in the middle third. Um, so I, I think, you know, I think one thing that's interesting as well is the way that the brother feels kind of left out. Um, I think it comes out of nowhere in some ways, but it's really well teased when you think about the movie from the beginning. So I think there is his his sense of inadequacy is a dick move, but actually kind of makes sense within the context of their family dynamics. So I think that's really good. 
and then obviously the mother daughter relationship is is so well portrayed like the feeling of protectiveness yet being restricted um and it it is a really interesting like um dynamic of how you are always proud of your children not always but like you're proud of your children but then sad for the differences that that put a wall up between you and i think this movie is obviously based on the french film um la famille bellier and i think this is much much more much better film um i was actually very skeptical going into this movie because i actually really liked the first film when i was younger um it was actually luan who's like the 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 musician who comes out of that film is is like one of my recurring artists that i listen to (laughs) and um I was so I was kind of like, oh, am I gonna like this movie? It's not, and immediately, like, despite the premise being, I think a little bit um, overdone in a way that it is, um, it is although it is a portrayal of a deaf family, a primarily deaf family, it is a film that is centered around the essentialization of hearing still, and it. I think that, but that premise aside, the underlying emotional kind of barriers that are there, considering the disability and um, her experience, is is really really well done. So, I think, and then I guess I've talked. I mentioned this at the very beginning, but the father and daughter scene when they're on the truck was just like heartbreaking and. Uh, the, those two performers sitting there um, just working off each other in that scene is just unbelievable um, chemistry that they have. And it's a, such a great film. It is, it is, it, there's a reason kind of why it won the Oscar. It is the film of this year, kind of what people remember this year by. They'll probably remember it by Dune or this. And it's it's a fair point that we're kind of tossing up between these two films, but um, I think uh, over overall, it, it's a phenomenal film that I really enjoyed. But as um, we discussed, Dune is the winner. <laughs> I went on a whole monologue <laughs> for a film that's not going to yeah, win anything for us. No, but um, I mean, we haven't really talked about it that much before, and it is a great movie. Yeah. Um, and I have very um, specific notes about yeah. uh, a lot of these films. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, I I didn't really take any notes uh, this time. Maybe at first, but just because it's been like such a long project in a way, maybe I should have done it. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, but but I I think I think we did say like the um, like this was not as strong a year of movies than we thought it was going to be. But looking at our six nominees for favorite picture, they're all really strong. Yeah, yes and no. I I think like in a better year, I don't think I would have put The Green Knight into the best films. I mean, Mm -hmm. even though I really like I thought it was really well done. Um, But I guess maybe if that's the only one that I think is a little bit weaker than the rest, um, then I I think it's fair to include it just on its cinematography Yes. Well, yes. I mean, it's fair to include it. I mean, I'm the one I think who put it in, right? Yeah. Um, but that and, was good because I thought of putting it in and didn't, and yeah. kind of regretted it, and then you did. Yeah. Put it in, and I was very happy. <laughs> <laughs> Great minds think alike. So yeah, here we are. Whew. Yeah, um, because like so many nominees. Of the, oh, sorry. So many of those movies also like 
came out of nowhere kind of yeah and and that's great um i i like to be surprised obviously unless it's a body horror movie um <laughs> I, don't, I don't i don't like to be surprised that way but um yeah like so many great surprises this year so many good movies um and i hope next year's gonna be even better I think hopefully it will be because I've already started taking notes on films I'm watching. <laughs> ah. I think that one of the things that like I was not taken aback by, but disappointed by was some of the movies that didn't make it into any of our categories. And I, I had watched them since we did our nominee episode and I'm like, ah, oh, that should have been in here. That should have been in here. And thinking about it again, I think that watching more movies specifically with an eye for like like ranking them and like writing down what i liked and didn't like about them i think would be really good to at least for me to capture kind of what the essence of the film industry was yeah in 2022 um so hopefully for next year uh, at least on my end i'm more prepared to create better or give better answers for when we're talking about these nominees uh, when we come back um for 20 next year yeah all things i mean go well hopefully knock on wood <laughs> of course of course they will um and yeah i can't i can't wait to talk more about movies uh with yeah you. we don't talk about movie, movies enough anymore no no maybe maybe it'll make a return at some point yeah um one day but soon, it's hopefully. been a blast thank you so much rashad thank you everyone for listening and with that we can close our 2020 the hookies of 2022 before we go so sorry to do this i always uh, ruin your transitions it's, it's a tradition of our some things uh, never change yeah i just want to go over our nominee our winners just so that we of course, um, of course do this for the listeners so um just to recap our winners official winners for the 2022 hookies are for favorite actor nicholas cage in pig for favorite supporting actor caitlin balf from belfast Favorite score, Hans Zimmer in Dune. Favorite screenplay, Sean Hader in Coda. Favorite cinematography, Andrew Droz Palermo, The Green Knight. Favorite director, Denis Villeneuve for Dune. And our favorite picture of the year, Dune. Thanks again for listening. Bye. So, Chris, if people enjoyed watching the show, not watching the show, listening to the show. Please, we'll never do this on freaking YouTube. Um, if, if anyone enjoyed listening to the show, what can they do to support us? Uh, give us the maximum amount of stars or thumbs up or whatever you like on the podcast platform you're listening to. And if they want to get in contact, reach out, tell us all the terrible decisions that we made today. What or can they all do for the that? movies we've missed. Um, yeah, please. Can, the easiest way to do that is to go to our website, seriallyhooked.com, where you can find all of our contact info. Sweet.